0: Hello, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., as in Frank, from Connecticut, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. From, um, today is Monday, May 18th, 2020, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 11, A Vision for You, on page 157. We will be reading and commenting on the second and third paragraphs, which begin with said one of the visitors and end with, I can't understand it. Today's readers are Mary G., Maura Z., Maria F., Lisa B., and Craig F. The share ID number for yesterday, Sunday, May 11, 2020 special edition meeting is 14,639. That's one, four, six, three, nine. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery And the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Mary G. to read the OA 12 steps.
1: Good morning. This is Mary G., compulsive overeater from Minnesota. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. 3. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. 4. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. 5. Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. 6 we entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. Humbly asked Him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10 we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service. I pass.
0: Thank you, Mary G. I will now ask Mora Z to read the OA Twelve Traditions.
2: Good morning, KDF. Thanks for your service, Rebecca. Goodness gracious, sorry. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. Mora Z recovered in Virginia. Twelve Traditions. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass.
0: Thank you, Morazi. How our meeting works. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, and we are in Chapter 11, A Vision for You, on page 157. That's 157. We will be reading and commenting on the second and third paragraphs, which begin with, said one of the visitors, and end with, I can't understand it. I will now ask Maria F
3: to go ahead and read that for us. Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. My name is Maria Effizan Frank, and I'm a recovered compulsive ober-eater from Ireland. Said one of the visitors, we're giving you a treatment for alcoholism. Hopelessness was written large on the man's face as he replied, oh, but that's no use. Nothing would fix me. I'm a goner. The last three times I got drunk on the way home from here, I'm afraid to go out the door. I can't understand it. And this paragraph relates to the man in the bed, Bill Dotson, who is alcoholic number three. And here's a man who was once the deacon of the church. He's a well-known attorney and a city councillor, And he's also a man who believed in God. And by all means a smart man, yet he's now lying in a hospital bed for the eighth time in the last four months. And he's afraid to go out the door because he fears he'll get drunk and he can't understand it. He just cannot understand why he can't stop drinking. And when Dr. Bob and Bill W, and they're now two sober alcoholics, and they come to visit Bill Dawson in Akron Hospital, and they offer him a treatment for his alcoholism. And I imagine they, they do this by talking to him about the physical allergy and the mental obsession. And um, I'm sure they talk to him about the, that mental state that precedes the first drink. And, and this really gets his attention, because up until then, Bill Dawson didn't know that there were other people who drank like him. And... Um, However, it's when they mentioned the spiritual solution, that's when they see the hopelessness written large on his face, because Bill Dotson believed that nothing would fix fix him. He says here, you know, I'm a goner, because he believed he was gone way beyond the spiritual solution and this treatment that they were talking about, this treatment that they were offering him, he just didn't believe that it was going to work for him. And uh, I can relate so much to this paragraph and just so much in it. And it brought me right back to when I came into OA, and yeah, I identify with Bill Johnson and, and with that feeling of hopelessness and that feeling of desperation. And like him, I believed in God too, but I thought that God didn't believe in me. And like so many of us on first coming into OA, I believed that I was different. And I was so arrogant and I was so full of pride that I thought that the steps wouldn't work for me. And yet they were working for people in the room. They'd worked for thousands upon thousands before me. But, yeah, my pride told me that, that yeah, it wasn't going to, it was too simple. It wasn't going to work for me. Um, and looking back on it now, you know, I needed to be in that place of hopelessness and desperation. And, and it was a great gift because until I reached that point of hopelessness where I was out of all other options, where it was the last house in the block, I was never going to do what was required for recovery. I was never going to work these trans deaths to do what suggested. And on page 92 of the big book, and um, it says but you may talk to him if the hopelessness is a condition because you offer a solution and that solution is exactly what Bill W and Dr Bob carried to Bill Justin that day and as Harlan shared on Friday you know he walked in that hospital a free man and he remained sober for the next 19 years and by the grace of God the solution that was carried to me um, I'm very grateful to be a free woman today um, and with that I'll pass thank you
0: Thanks, Maria B. Okay, so although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So, if you would like to share on the second and third paragraphs on page one fifty-seven in the big book, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial.
4: Katie G from
0: Boston. Hi, Lisa Jr. Was it Lisa, Lisa J.R.?
4: P. Yes,
0: Irene ma'am. B. Lisa J R. I I heard. And who?
4: Irene I F. B? Irene B. I
0: think I heard an... Oh, Irene B. Lisa Elena C. Elena, Katie F. what was... What was uh, wait, one second, Lisa Katie. P. Elena, what's what's C. Elena's last initial? B. C.
5: C. as in cat.
0: cat. C, C, C. And then KDF, I think I heard. And then there was someone else that I forgot already.
6: Yeah, you Teresa heard F and
0: KDG. G. I got KDG already, but who just spoke at the same time as KDF? Teresa P. Oh, Teresa. Teresa, that's who I was trying to remember, Teresa P., Okay, I have Katie G, Lisa J R, Irene B, Elena C, Katie F, and Teresa P. One, two, three, four, five, six. Was there one more person trying to get in? I think I got everybody who was trying this first round. Then,
7: so Katie G, go right ahead. Good morning, Rebecca, thanks for your service. KDG recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. You know, last week we talked, there was a lot of talk about um, this comment about not too promising. And, you know, I just wanna bring that into this dialogue here because I actually don't see it as a judgment. I see it as an observation of where this person was. And I relate in to the hopelessness. I relate in, I relate in to being in program for, I don't know, like 10 or 11 years, and having a huge ego, and um, going to work and exercising bulimically because I was so afraid that husband, well, he wasn't my husband then, that that man was going to leave me, right? And I was going to be alone, and I'd gone back to the food, and I got to the point where it was like, no, no, I'm, I'm gone, like. Y'all can do your, you know, recovery from compulsive overeating, but I'm different. I'm exercise bulimic. I, I, I'm counting myself out. There's no way it's gonna work, right? And, um, you know, they're saying we're giving you a treatment, <laughs> and what is the one thing that will forever fail? Will, will forever keep me in um, everlasting ignorance, and that is contempt prior to investigation, disdain, disregard. Like, no, you might have a treatment, but like, it's not gonna fix me. I'm gone. I have to tell you that this kind of thinking and feeling um, is the, it was the benchmark to me getting recovery. Why? Because I called a woman in whom the problem has been solved who is still um, just a beacon in my life today. And here's all I said, help me, help me, tell me what to do. Tell me what you did. How did you get out of of such bondage and misery to your body that all you All you wanted to do was exercise and be the thinnest girl in the room and you didn't know how to let go how did you do that and she took my hand and she showed me and the best part about how hopelessness and not being too promising is that God willing it'll crush me down to being I don't have any ideas right the hardest thing is when someone calls me who's new and they got all sorts of ideas about what they need Hey, let's set it aside, right? Because I didn't come into OA on a winning streak. So if all my ideas were so successful, then why did I show up to a 12-step recovery program thinking I need, thinking I needed help, like I wouldn't need it, right? And desperation continues to be the keystone of my recovery. I wish I could sit here and tell all of you that I am... Um, you know, this this person that no matter what's happening in my life, I will see God. It's just not true. The more pain I'm in, and and as the years have gone on, it's gone less. My tolerance for pain is less. But it leads me to God because I have no other choice, right? And I get to God through abstinence, the entire abstinence, these 12 steps, and, and that willingness. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, KDG, G.
0: Lisa J.R.
8: Thank you so much for hearing my name and that cacophony Lisa j r here from Baltimore, Maryland. um boy, do I identify with Bill Dodson or did identify? I should say um I came in the room like him, hopeless, feeling like I was a goner, petrified of food i but the sad thing was as afraid I was of what food did to me. I couldn't stop from starting the binges over and over again in, in really um close proximity. They were just um it, it was it was awful. The fast and furious, couldn't eat it fast enough, uh couldn't get enough down. Um, you know, but I go back to that first line, you know, giving a treatment for alcoholism. And um I love the word nerds on this uh line. Um because they've really helped me to uh, try to to dig into words that that I understand conceptually, but I it helps sometimes to go and get a dictionary and really to to make it cement home, you know, giving I've got present presenting something without expecting compensation, so that's what we do, um, and treatment and management in the application of medicine, surgery, or prescriptions, etc. Um, wow, is this a prescription for uh, health one day at a time. That treatment and that management, that word management, it, it um, fits me well because this disease is always going to be in my bone marrow. I'm never going to get rid of it. It's part of my DNA. But given the solution, going through the work and applying it in my daily life, I don't have to feel the ringer every single day. I don't have to wake up hoping that God would just take me home because I can't fight this. You know, um, I was a subject of King Cupcake. I couldn't do anything um, without food being at the center of my life. Um, And now, you know, one day at a time I find freedom. And I just am glad to be here. Um, And I'm glad that... Bill uh, chose to tell the rest of the story at the end, at the end of this 164 pages. Um, You know, we didn't get this in the beginning because it's so much more meaningful to know how it unfolded um, at the end. And with that, I pass. The end is the beginning. Thank you, Lisa, J.R., Irene,
0: B.
4: Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Irene B., a um, gratefully recovering bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, you know, last week I was a corker, and this week I am the um, the hopeless one. Um, yeah. I love these paragraphs because it keeps reminding me of, of where I had been basically my entire life. And and if it weren't for the miracle of God's love and grace and the twelve step program, I'd still be there because I tried everything. I was hopeless. And you know, I identify as glimmic, um but I was a, a very severe compulsive overeater from ages 6 to 18, so I'm most definitely a compulsive overeater developed into bulimic. And just to illustrate how disconnected I am, um, the first diet I went on, the nuns at the school were concerned. I guess they were concerned that I was becoming anorexic because as I was dieting, they were they, they were watching my food, and they would make me eat more because they were concerned that I wasn't eating enough. Because, you know, I had become very thin. And then when I was in college, you know, I I started jogging. As I was bulimic, I was, you know, youth. I couldn't do that anymore. But in my youth, I did. I was very bulimic, and yet I jogged every day. I picked up jogging. And um, the lowest weight I was was 102 pounds, and, you know, and I and I thought that was okay. That was okay. But the thing is, the bones, I love to lay in bed, and my My hip bones, they stuck out so far. And, oh, man, I used to love to feel that. And, um, my goodness. Um, Okay, I know this is TMI, but uh, I don't know how else to better describe it. But you could see my ribs through my entire chest cavity. You could see the ribs. So, um, and that lasted about my four years of undergraduate school, uh, I'd say. It was a few years. And then um, because of the the bulimia and the compulsive overeating, you know, I, I feel that a little bit more to where I wasn't so sick looking. But the thing is, I loved it. I thought that was the coolest thing ever except for the chest part. But but the bones in my hip. Oh goodness! Okay, all right, I passed. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Thanks, Irene B. More more to be revealed. Elena C.
5: Good morning, everyone. This is Elena C. from Greenville, South Carolina, and I um, I really appreciate. just knowing the history, and, you know, it's just amazing how this alcoholic, hopeless alcoholic, is getting a visit from these two people, Bill and Dr. Bob, and, you know, it's, it was another hopeless alcoholic that Dr. Silkworth was written, wrote about in his letter, how the hopelessness of alcoholism, and, um, you know, it's, it's like, well, I can't go out of the door, because, i'm gonna I'm gonna get drunk, and I can't understand what what on earth is going on with me, you know, so it was just his his life, and he was kind of content in with whatever he was, like he 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 was used to that, and there was nothing that he could do, and that's just what hopelessness is like I am going to be okay with this misery um so you know, and it's amazing how this program has started, and um, it, without these actions on Dr. Bob and Bill's part, we would have never known one another. And so I also want to talk about, like I heard at the special edition, and I really uh, related to that, the three components of our condition, my condition, well, it's physical, emotional, and spiritual. And you know, and physical, I'm overcoming, we're overcoming because when we stop and we practice into our absence, but then there's so much more to it than that, you know, and this hopelessness is is probably a spiritual condition, emotional and spiritual, and I could only because it comes up for me in other areas of my life, you know, and it's i I can practice abstinence and um Hopelessness can still come because life continues to happen. And it's only if I, every day on a constant basis, you know, when I catch myself and I pause, pray, and proceed um, to use the 12 steps, the tool of the 12 steps, which is now 10, 11, and 12. And it's hopelessness. That's when hopelessness will overcome because hopelessness, there's no hopelessness in the realm of my my spirit and my higher power does not, my ideal for me, his ideal, his or her ideal for me is not hopelessness, it's hope and the end of of possibilities. And that is absolutely amazing that I have, and I need to remember that I have these three components of my condition, and just by being abstinent only is not okay I'm not going to be able to overcome this, but I need to continue to, you know, do my 10, 11 stuff and work with others. And I am very grateful for that. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thanks, Elena. C. Katie F.
6: Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive over ear in Virginia. So i um came into o a and I thought that I was hopeless at the time and i but I just wasn't because I kept doing my own thing, and so I see you know when I see someone that is just hopeless and is ready that's that's a good thing you know i re- I remember this friend who would share her story, and she talked about how three different times she went to her friend who had found recovery. And she said, Are you ready? And every time she looked like she might be ready, but she really wasn't. And that was me for six years. I would come to the meetings and I would say, you know, okay, I'll do what you do, and then I wouldn't do what you did. And I wouldn't want what I would forget and I would just do my own thing. And so it wasn't until I got to this point where I was saying, you know, I I just don't even know what I can do. I'm a goner. Um, that i was finally ready to do what i was told instead of just following my own ideas and you know that's basically getting out of the driver's seat and letting god be in the driver's seat instead of me um so i i have spent so much time talking to people but it's really not up to me to know whether someone is truly a goner or not whether they're really ready and willing You know, some people you think they are, they seem so desperate, and then, you know, I never hear from them again. I never, you know, I have no idea what's happened to them. And then there's other people that, you know, I think, well, I don't really know, you know. So it's really not up to me to make that determination. Um, And I certainly know that, you know, after me going to meetings for six years, I'm sure people had written me off as a goner and someone who was never going to get this program. You know, but I finally... um, one day at a time, I've been able to keep the food down and the neutrality that has come is unbelievable. That, you know, I I am a free person. I can walk out of a place and not have to pick up the food. And I didn't, you know, I didn't even think that was possible. I didn't think that I would ever be neutral with food. Um, There's so much food around us all the time and, you know, just it's everywhere. And I could not imagine that it wouldn't bother me to be around it. But that's what happens. And so I'm grateful for hitting bottom so that I could be lifted back up by my higher power. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Katie S. Teresa P. You know what? While Teresa's unmuting, I'll just let anyone who got on the line late know. Teresa, wait one sec. I just want to let everybody know we're on page one fifty seven the second and third paragraphs, which begin with said one of the visitors
9: go ahead Teresa P. thank you. hi, I'm Teresa P, a grateful recovered compulsive overeater, and uh you know I'm a goner, and it took me years to get there because I was willing to go to any lengths to keep uh working at it and trying and you know and and I believed in God and uh, so of course I asked for his help but I, you know I it, you know he just wasn't doing it wasn't getting me well the way I wanted and so I got to that I had to get to that hopeless point and I, I got I got suicidal I mean I just got to the point where I just gave up and I just said I can't do this I actually well I so I called myself the walking dead for years And it was just so hopeless. I was never going to get over this. And God wasn't helping. He had forsaken me. Now, I wasn't telling anybody any of these things. You know, I kept them all inside. I'd I'd go to church and, you know, be uh, very active at church and uh, not say a peep about that. I'd go to the doctor with my various uh, physical ailments. But, you know, I wasn't talking about that either. With them, it was just all inside me. But, you know, but the, the good news was is, you know, I got so sick, I finally did end up at, uh, at, <laughs> at my doctors who sent me to the hospital that they wouldn't take me, and I ended up in program. It was a, another 12-step program, but it was the best thing that ever happened because then I found my people. I found 12 steps, and, and nobody had ever mentioned Overeaters and Honest Me. Now, you know, I've been... Two hundred and fifty plus pounds. You know, you'd think I'd heard it somewhere, but I never did until one day in a twelve-step program. Another very overweight person said, "Well, I'm going to go try, uh, you know, Overeaters Anonymous." I thought, "What? There's a place like that?" And uh, so uh, I went, and, and that's when I discovered Overeaters Anonymous. And and you know, and I had to. I was at that desperation point, going, knowing I was powerless. You know, just giving up. And then I was willing, so wasn't completely willing, but I was willing to, you know, listen. I was willing to do what I heard then and and keep coming back. And, you know, and I've learned more and more. And it's just all about the action. And, you know, and I, I love this hopelessness because, you know, I didn't realize how hopeless I was. I did and I didn't. I felt it, but I didn't you know, realize that it's a good thing because I am so, you know, uh self-will run riot. You know, man, I want to do it my way. That, you know, I have to, I, I have to crash. I, 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 God doesn't break me. I crash myself into the wall. But when I do it enough, I finally go, okay, you know, I'm willing to do it your way. And, you know, and it's just, and to be able to bring that gift to somebody else, and you know, and it's just, I can't push anybody. All I can do is, like the book says, right. lay out the kit of spiritual tools. And it's, and I heard that, and you know, and thank you so much for, you know, I can go back to the book and it tells me what to do. Otherwise, I'm back to self, will run riot. Thank you for letting me share. Thank
0: you, Teresa P. Well, it's time to take more names, so let me just say this first, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So, if you still would like to share based on that on um, the second and third paragraphs on page one fifty seven in the big book, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial so and Larry K. Mark L. Okay, stop. Stop. Wait one second. Someone M. Phil. Sue, Phil.
4: P-H-I-L. Oh, Phil. (laughs) Jesus. When am I going to get
0: that right? And then I heard Larry K. And then there was someone after Larry K.
10: Mark. Mark L.
0: Mark L. Liz T. Liz T.
11: Mary M.
0: Mary, M or N?
11: M as in Mary.
0: M. Got yep. it. Yeah. Room for a couple more.
12: Pamela R. B.
0: Pamela R. B. One more maybe? Okay. We've got Phil M, uh Larry K, Mark L, Liz T, Mary M, and Tamil R. B. Phil M, please go right ahead.
13: Hello, uh Rebecca. Thank you for your service and thank you to everyone who's contributing to this meeting. Um hopelessness was definitely um an experience of mine over and over and over again in seven and a half years in over ages anonymous um i did have a year and a half uh recovery thanks be to god and released quite a substantial amount of weight but i got cocky i didn't do my step 10 and um i thought i had it and i forgot the warnings do you know um that uh, uh my recovery was only contingent on my spiritual growth and that was a daily work um so he, he thought he was hopeless and I had so many times when I prayed to God that this was my bottom, you know, and I took a, a note of the date over and over and over again. But thank God in God's economy nothing is wasted. And I did have to come to hopelessness again last September when I heard uh from Laurie C about um a vision for you and uh it's been a real turning point. I was terrified to sponsor before. I really, really wanted to, but I was scared about messing it up. And the Vision for UA is so compassionate a way to work with steps. And it's so clear um, that it has been a real joy. And I spoke to a new uh, sponsee this morning and she is at that desperate space. And please God, do you know, with the privilege of being able to work with her, she will be helping me as much as I'm helping her. And I'm just so, so grateful for finding this. I love my step ten train, that keeps me on track. (laughs) And um, uh, What I've been doing recently um, is my partners have very kindly agreed that we do FaceTime, that we see each other. Uh, What I was scared of is coming along to another convention, but actually recognising the people who have been helping me through, helping me stay on that track. Um, so thank you very much to, to everyone that I've shared Step 10, train with, and thanks to Dawn for her wonderful service in supporting us all through that process. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thanks, Phil. M. Larry K.
14: Hey, Rebecca, good morning. Thanks for your service. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the shares. You know, the, uh, the thing about hope, um, you know hope is a um, it's it's a springboard towards change, right? Sometimes a feeling of hopelessness is the only catalyst towards a change that I'm an experience and i yeah you know, I remember um when I would teach introduction to psychology we would we, there was a, a, a cool research um, that I would share to show how we're different than a goldfish. You could put a goldfish in a small tank, and it's, it's going to naturally swim around, explore, you know, that, that fish bowl. It's going to swim back and forth. And at some point, you could take a, a piece of plexiglass and place it right in the middle of the, of the tank vertically so, so that now the goldfish kind of swims around, and it collides with that plexiglass, and at first it swims up. And um, as, as it always has, but within a minute or two, it stops even trying to swim past the border. It's done. If you were to pull that plexiglass out, the fish will never again attempt to swim past that non-existent border. It's learned that it's hopeless to do so. See, he's learned it's hopeless, he won't try again. And we too become like the goldfish. We feel hopeless, we cannot even imagine you know, a a way out of this self-imposed prison. And yet what we're learning here is this is a way out. This is, we see one person after another who kept colliding with the plexiglass, but somehow they found a way, a consistent way that we share by working these 12 steps, taking action after action after action. And these people, they're free. They are absolutely free. And if we do what they did, we can get what, they, what they've received. And how beautiful this program is. I'm so grateful for this program. And I'm so grateful to, to, to carry a message uh, of hope, because there is a way out. With that, I pass. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you, Larry K. Mark L.
10: My name is Mark L. Uh, uh, I am a from Hawthorne, Connecticut. Oh, wow. What touched me was, uh, no, it can't fix me. <laughs> um, do do do? I really want help to to get sick? Do I really want to stop binging? No, I don't because that binging was nice, good to me. Yeah, nah, I ain't see now. Um, no, it it wasn't good for me. I was killing myself. The fool made me insane. If 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 I want help and the only way for me to get help to put my put my trust in God and the fellowship of being anonymous. If I do that, I will be okay. And do I really want to do that? Yes, I do, because it fool will ruin my life. And and now it's it do not no more. My life, it belongs to overeater Anonymous in God. For that, thank you for letting me share and have a blessed day. I pass.
15: Thank you, Mark L. Liz T. Good morning. This is Liz T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Minnesota. Thanks for your service, everybody. So um, here we are, I'm just kind of reflecting, here we are with Bill D on page 157 and looking at these two paragraphs, you know, we're giving you a treatment for alcoholism. What does that mean for me? That means they're bringing him steps, um, exposure to the the remaining steps two, to, two through 12, being that it looks to me like Bill is taking his step one here. He's admitting his powerlessness, his hopelessness, that there's nothing beyond nothing within human aid that can fix him. And the doctors have dried him out in the hospital. You know, he's being separated from his alcoholic uh, from his alcohol for in our case our alcoholic substances and um getting um getting to um the point of entire abstinence in our case. And what do we do from there? When we put those foods down and admit our powerlessness, uh, we are no longer turning to the substance that we were worshiping as a god. And so that that void needs to be filled with something else. And for me, that desperation was, okay, well, what do I need to do? Because that feeling of coming off those alcoholic substances is not comfortable, It's painful, and um, there's withdrawal symptoms, and it's uncomfortable. And so I felt the need to cling to something, and that was the remaining steps. And then when we have a fellow come that has a message of depth and weight, then we start to gain hope and know that it's possible for us, too. And that was the case for me. And um, so that's just what I was reflecting on this morning, that they're bringing him the treatment for alcoholism, and then we'll see in the next paragraph that they they bring more of their experience and um, explain to him about the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind, and even that knowledge, if, if I haven't taken a step one deep in my heart and in my soul, even that knowledge will not keep me absent or sober. So, um, but they're coming to pass it along and that's what we do in step 12 to continue to um, give away what we've been so freely given. So with that, I will pass. Have a great day. Thank you, Liz
0: T. Mary M.
11: Hi everybody. Mary M. here in New York. Um, I, um, I'm i so glad to be here and on the line and um that I found the meeting this morning. I, I came back to OA a few months ago, and um, because I was trying to do step work in another program, and I couldn't, I couldn't do my fourth step because I kept going to the fridge. And 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 I, I anyway, somebody suggested maybe doing a fourth step in OA, and um, in, and I'm here and I'm doing it, and um, one day at a time. And I I'm grateful to be here because I'm learning the problem it's not problems, I mean I listen I have to turn my life and my will over to God and I and I came across that step aside prayer just when I came back so I have to let go of everything I think I know about myself but um and, and everything else. But um you know, just reading here about I'm afraid to go I'm afraid to go out the door. You know, I I'm at home now um, with this isolation thing and I'll be going back to work anyway, uh, whenever. And um you know, I'm a, a bit afraid about you know, busy and anyway, a few things like that. But look at you know what? I'll stick with it. I'll stick with doing my whatever I need to do one day at a time. I say my prayers. I say my prayers. I can also do my fear inventory. I can do a resentment inventory. You know, but um, but but I'll just stick with it. And um, I I I want to be on this meeting every morning because it's powerful. And um, and uh, you know, another thing I'll just share that it. I, I just saw the word that's me and I I it says I drink like that I you know I eat like that I I was you know I um I have an I learned in a way that years ago I was anorexic actually as well as being a compulsive overeater I didn't know and um, but anyway I didn't know I was supposed to have three meals a day and whatever else but <clears throat> one day at a time I'm learning and uh, I anyway so I'm, I'm abstinent from anyway whatever I'm abstinent from and um one day at a time and I feel that oh it's going to be hard to do that you know when I go back to work and all whatever but you know what let me just trust higher power and the program and the people in the program because truth be told it didn't work though it didn't work for me I I couldn't control it I couldn't control it and um anyway so I'm here and thanks for letting me share
12: thank you Ann. Pamela R.B. Good morning everyone. I'm Pamela RB, grateful member of OA uh from Detroit, Michigan. Well, this paragraph um is is quite impactful for me. Um I I came from the school of hard knocks, you know. Um I've been in program for about 14 years. Well, actually I was in program, let me let me get it correct. Um, 11 years I think before I finally walked into the rooms and said, I give, like it says here, I'm, I'm a goner, I'm done. And unless God would show up, I was going to continue to eat. So I came to the convention in 2017 in September, and that was the condition I had on this thing called God. And um, I, I have to tell you, I went from being um, hopeless to hopeful. And it was just a miracle that I was able to hear what I needed to hear. The first morning when we were getting ready to hear step one, I heard what I needed. You know, so I'm grateful because however we get it, you know, here they're talking about treatment for alcoholism. The treatment for me is in the steps. The treatment for me is getting a food plan, following it. Uh, consistently every day, and the treatment for me is discipline also. You know, it it says uh, a little bit further back uh, in the book that we are an undisciplined bunch, so we let God discipline us in the way that it's been outlined here, and that has been my saving grace coming back um, is the discipline. You know, I have a new puppy, and what I recognize, even with him, he's teaching me how important it is to be disciplined, to get up every day and do the same thing. Because when I did that with the food, I always got the same results, right? I got fatter. I got up every day and I went to search for my bench suits. I got fatter. But when I decided to turn my life and my will over to the care of God and say, okay, God, I'm going to place my life in your hands, guess what? I got better because I started to apply what I was told in this big book. And every day I did it, you know, and I heard people talk about that 10th step. And I want to say that was a part of my program that I didn't think was that important. You know, yearly, I do a fourth step, but I didn't think I need to clean up along the way. But I tell you this week, I did one with my daughter because I was playing the mama card and it just didn't feel right. And I knew that that was the way that I that was one of the ways one of the reasons that I could never stay absent because I wasn't willing to admit my faults and today I do so today I'm 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 grateful to be here you know um I'm not afraid to go out that door and I understand that this program will work when I work it it says when we get busy we get better and I believe that 100% so thank you all for allowing me to share, and I pass. Thank you, Pamela R.B.
0: We have time for two more shares. Who would like them? Lauren A. Lauren A. And one more. Beth W. Yes. Yeah. Great. Thank you. You're a little muffled, Beth, for when your it's your turn. Maybe you could get a little clearer. Lauren A, go right ahead.
16: Thank you, Rebecca. This is Lauren A. recovered in Minnesota and happy to get on the line this morning. Thanks everybody for for your service and for sharing. Um this meeting has made all the difference in the world to me. I was um in and out of of OA for about 30 years I think I'm not sure exactly anyway it was a lot it was too many and you know I came here by way of AA so I knew that 12 steps work I knew that so I never doubted that OA worked but I you know but I, I guess I didn't know exactly why why I wasn't doing it right and I'd get sponsors and I'd work the steps and oddly enough my my sponsors never said well what you need to do is work the steps and this is how you need to do it a couple times or many times i think with different sponsors i'd say you know what i think i need to work the steps and i would come up with a way to do it and that that obviously did not work um and i love that they use the word in these in this paragraph hopelessness and but what i think that the meeting a vision for you and this chapter a vision for you gives us is hope and and there's so many people that don't do feel so hopeless that you know there's just absolutely no solution I'm going to die like this and it's really good to know that that that's not true Um, so thanks everybody I'll pass
0: thanks Lauren A. Beth W.
4: Hi it's
3: Beth W from North Dakota can you hear me okay? It sounds
0: like you're under a a, a bathroom kind of, but we can hear you. It's just a little. Much. How about that? Is that better? Yeah, I think that might be better. Go ahead. Great. Um, so. That's better. Oh, great! Thanks. That's W from North Dakota, uh, recovered compulsive overeater, and grateful for that today. You know, I was thinking about this, and and these guys come to him and say, "We're giving you a treatment," and he says yeah you know, i can't I can't have that and i I don't have my book in front of me I'm outside, but I just wanted to say that you know that was me. I never
4: wanted to accept any gifts that
10: Beth, we lost you. Beth did say
0: she was outside, and it was a little hard to hear her at first, so maybe we've lost her. Beth? I think we got the gist of what Beth was saying. Does anybody else want to take the last few minutes since we lost
6: Beth?
17: Wow, Rachel.
6: Hey,
0: Rachel. Thanks for um, rescuing us. Go right ahead.
17: Thank you for your service. I'd like to be a good girl and put a timer on. How much time do I have? Two minutes?
0: Yeah, let's say two minutes.
17: Okay, but you you too pay attention because I forgot uh, my ready? I'm I'm so, so grateful that you Rebecca are there and my friends are there. I'm in a whole new situation. And if not the fact that I'm guarding my food with the passion and that I found a vegetable store that brings me fruits and vegetables that I need not far away. Uh, and I see uh, in front of me. Just today, somebody went to the hospital, very overweight. You know, and a fantastic person, music, everything. He's making concerts here, but the food, the 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 the, the obesity, the thing, and people people just don't know or don't care. Enough already. And when they get to the point of that, where they are gratefully hopeless, thank goodness for that beautiful word, hopelessness. When I finally became hopeless, and I went into a treatment center, and that was in in, um, 1998, and I went into treatment, and uh, recovered alcoholics are the ones who taught there, who gave us really gave us the program the way it was. I went out, and then I got fat again, and then I lost again 10 kilo and again 30 kilo. But that that I started understanding a little bit of what this is all about, it was mediated to me, right? But there's nothing. I just come from the room of one girl here who I love from Brooklyn. She already had that operation, everything, put the weight back, plus. But she doesn't want to hear the word abstinence because she's not hopeless enough. At 82, I don't know whether I can talk anybody into getting online and listening to to you and us guys, and knowing that somebody said now, the change, hope, the, the word hope means you can still change. Here goes. Thank you so much for being there. I love you, and I love the people who are still out there suffering, and pray for them to get hopeless and start listening. Because I said to this lady, "Honey, I try to help you, but if you are ready, even a who says that Harlan, I think even a monkey can sponsor you. And if you are not, I just introduce to you what this thing has to offer. Thank you so much, all of you, and I pass. Have a good afternoon, Thank everybody. You.
0: Thanks, Raquel. Okay, Raquel was our last share, and sorry, Death W, that we didn't hear the end. Uh, Thank you everyone for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The SHARE ID number for this meeting, Monday, May 18th, 2020, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 14,642. That's 14642. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lisa B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page.
15: Yes, good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.